Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome aboard the New Scientist Escape Pod. I'm Rowan Hooper, the podcast editor. Joining me today are New Scientist Features Editor Anna Deming and Culture and Comment Editor Timothy Revel. Welcome both. Hi. This week's theme is The Unseen World, uh, which now I say it it sounds a bit like um, I'm Jonathan Frake and I'm saying, you know, it's The Unseen World and (laughs) it's a supernatural show, but uh, it's not a supernatural show. Uh, By Unseen World, I'm talking literally about things you can't see and things that go on without us noticing yes but before we get on to it remember you can get the ultimate escapism with a discount subscription to new scientist if you go to newscientist.com slash escape 20 that is a pipistrelle bat which I sometimes glimpse in the darkness, in the twilight, um, but not usually. They are unseen. Um, they flit around above us um, when we're out in the countryside, and often we don't see them, and certainly we don't hear them. And that clip is made by recording the ultrasonic squeaks of bat sonar and converting it into sound waves that are audible to us. Ah, so I guess that's how a bat detector works then. Yeah, I don't know. Have either of you gone out with a bat detector ever? No, no, not me. No. Not me. Well, I really recommend going on a, on a bat detector walk um, if you can. It's really amazing. You you walk around and you can you learn to identify different species of bats from their calls, just like bird watchers can identify different birds from their song. Uh, so let's listen to another one. That's the species called Dorbenton's bat, and here's one more. And that's a noctule bat. Yeah. All very nice. Yeah. yeah. I can't really hear the word bat detector without thinking it's something from Batman. It I sounds know, like a gadget she would have. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint, but, uh, you know, the real, at least they're real, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So these recordings are from the artist Hannah Tuliki. Uh, she's making a, a sonic composition about bats uh, called Echo in the Dark. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, Hannah has put a call out for people to submit their own recordings of bats and she wants to make a public archive of bat noises and then she's going to create a new piece of compose a new piece of music with all these 
publicly submitted bat noises, and it's part of an initiative to promote ecological coexistence. Uh, you're going to get out there and try to record something? Oh, I'd love to. I don't actually have a, anything that can record bat noises, only in my own voice. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's <a> <laughs> <Ten>. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we had a great bat story recently that this reminds me of a little bit. Yeah, that was the one about moths with acoustic camouflage, wasn't it? Yeah, they have these like sound absorbent wings, which makes them invisible to hunting bats. Yeah, uh, lots of lots of moths have evolved ways that they they can jam the, the sonar of bats, basically, and then avoid being eaten. And the ones we reported on recently had a like an ultra thin layer of scales on the wings that um, muffle, that absorb the sound of the sonar. So do you get similar stuff on stealth technology on aircraft then as well? Yeah, they have a special paint, don't they? A special layer that absorbs the sound or radar waves um, rather than reflecting them so that the aircraft, or in this case the bat, then basically becomes invisible. So from bats and moths that pass by unseen, uh, Anna, what have you got? Yes, I'm going to talk about something, well, lots of them, (laughs) and they're unseen in more ways than one. So it's everyone's favourite subatomic particle, the neutrino. Uh (laughs) Whenever we talk about neutrinos, we're obliged to say that, what is it, a a trillion of them have just now passed through your thumbnail. Yeah, that's that they say that because the thumbnail is roughly one square centimetre. So physicists have a pretty good idea roughly how many neutrinos have gone through your thumbnail. Uh, unless okay. you've got a very unusual thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, they're passing through unfelt as well. But uh, tell us about where they're coming from and, and what we know about them. Right. So the idea of the neutrino was born when physicists needed to explain the energy lost when elements decay into other elements. So that's something we were talking about last week. And they worked out when when you have beta decay in these atoms, they needed to account for the lost energy with a really small but neutral particle. So it was Enrico Fermi and another physicist, Eduardo Amaldi, chatting about it and gave it the Italian diminutive term neutrino, which translates as little neutral one. Well, I never, I've never thought about the etymology of the word neutrino before. So that's very, that's very cute. Yeah, and it really is little. So for a long time, people thought it had no mass at all. The lowest masses of all the fundamental particles, and as well as having very little mass, they've got zero charge, and they don't interact by strong forces either. They so they're only really interacting by the weak force and. That is as feeble an interaction as it sounds. So of the four fundamental forces of nature, (laughs) the neutrino doesn't engage with two of them at all. And then the other two, it pretty much shrugs off as well. (laughs) So it's unseen in many, many ways. For that reason, they can pass through light years of universe without really interacting with anything, which is very impressive. But it's not so helpful when you're actually trying to look for them. Yeah, I was I was building up to say they're the ultimate unseen particle, but I suppose there are ones that are even more unseen, like the dark matter particle, which you know yeah. no one's found no, at all yet. No one's pinned but that one back. Almost, <laughs> the, almost the ultimate. Yeah, I love the way they just—I'm not even engaging with those forces. Fuck them off. So if they are, they're just so unseen. Why are people interested in them? I mean, do they do anything? Well, yeah, they're produced in all sorts of phenomena that people get really interested in. So I mentioned 
radioactive decay, that's radioactive beta decay, but there's also loads produced by the sun all the time. So that's where the billions going through your thumbnail are coming from. And they, there's all, all the processes in all the stars. So other stars are getting created as well. And then a whole heap will get produced in supernovae explosions. And because they hardly ever interact with anything, they just stream through space for light years. <laughs> uh, I do like the idea of them streaming through light years of space. Yeah. <laughs> care in the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so how do we detect them then, given they shrug off everything? Well, with difficulty. So one, <laughs> one way is to basically use a massive underground water tank. So they put it like a thousand metres underground so that the ground will absorb cosmic rays because cosmic rays also produce neutrinos when they interact with atoms and that would muddle all their results. And the first of this sort of neutrino detector was Super Kamiokande in Japan, where they have a massive tank big enough to fit the Statue of Liberty in. And they fill it up with 50,000 tonnes of ultra-pure water and then surround the tank with giant photomultiplier tubes. So these are basically super-sensitive photon detectors. And of course, with all that, they don't actually see the neutrinos in the tank anyway, because <laughs> neutrinos don't interact with light. So they don't, you know, they barely interact with anything else. But they do occasionally interact with the water, atom, nuclei, or electrons. And just that little nudge is enough to get what is called Cherenkov radiation, which the photomultiplier tubes can pick up. And so they see about 30 neutrino interactions a day this way. So if you think about how many are going through the tank, how many they pick up it gives you an idea how much they're shrugging off (laughs) yeah yeah but it's led to some great discoveries so they spotted some from a supernova that had kicked off in the 80s that's sn 1987a but they also worked out this way that neutrinos swap from between different types they call it different flavors but it's not like your neapolitan maybe talking about chocolate ice cream is getting everyone too hungry so they, they went with lepton neutrinos tau neutrinos and electron neutrinos but they change between these and they worked out that they can oscillate between these different types definitively. And that confirmed that they must have a mass. So the link between this flavor oscillation and mass is a bit more obvious if you're a particle physicist, but take my word for it. Okay. <laughs> that, was, that was confirmation. <laughs> and it turns out that this less, when they have measured it, the lower bar puts it at less than 2.14 times 10 to the minus 37 kilograms, 37 zeros before you get to your number after the decimal point. And electron is around 10 to the minus 30. So and that's quite small. <laughs> yeah, so, so even smaller than that. Yeah. <laughs> I, f- I feel like the question people want to know the answer to, though, has anyone taken a swim in this underground pool? <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be very ultra pure. No, that, not so much. <laughs> no, you might have to clean it afterwards, but you'd be tempted, wouldn't you, for a secret office party, have a yeah. jump in the pool. <laughs> so, Tim, what's your unseen thing? Well, I don't want to make this a, a game of unseen top trumps, but I've been looking into probably the ultimate unseen thing, and that's invisibility cloaks. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And I have good news to report, so we can now make completely perfect invisibility cloaks. Yeah, right. Yeah, just like Harry Potter. <laughs> so they'll be on sale soon, will they? Well, sort of. So there, I, I will give you there is a caveat of a very small one. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so the, the text's thing... not good enough then. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, it's, it's not quite that. So there's this, the thing with an invisibility cloak, right? So what you want it to be able to do is you should be able to put it around an object. It bends all of the light that comes in in just the right way so that the light continues on the other side as if the object had never been there. And if that happens then that makes it impossible to see the item so it would be invisible. And there are there are some amazing materials, metamaterials they're called, that have been designed specifically for this purpose. And they do work, but there's a bit of a problem. And here's where the tiny caveat comes, yeah. is that they can only make things completely invisible that are smaller than 500 nanometers, which is around <laughs> a hundredth of the width of a human hair. Right. So it's a, it's a bit of an issue. And sort of this is where the like the question of is the technology not good enough comes in. And the problem is not really the technology. It's that there's a fun, fundamental mathematical limit. So there's this relationship between the size of a cloak and the wavelength that it could deflect. And that means even if you were, uh, your technology was better, your materials were a little bit better, you're never going to get even close to the size of a human. The sort of limit is around 500 nanometers. Right. No. But it's really good at cloaking things you can't see very well anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah that, that is true. You, you're, we're cloaking things that you can't really see anyway. <laughs> so the thing is, if you re- relax what you mean by invisible, then there are some uh, devices we can make that are still sort of invisibility cloaks, but um, are perhaps you know, not true invisibility. Okay, well, you know, it's like the evolution of sight, actually, this makes me think of. Like, people say, how did that evolve? Because if you can't see very well, or how did cells evolve that weren't eyes? But a little bit of seeing is better than none, and a little bit of invisibility is better than none as well, in a camouflage sense. Yeah, exactly. And there are certain instances where, I mean, your your vision is not perfect, it's still not perfect. And there are plenty of ways where you could be fooled into thinking something wasn't there, even though it is. You know, a really clear example of this is something that's a long distance away. If you're trying to hide that, you don't really need it to be invisible in this complete, you know, mathematical sense. Really, all you need is to make it seem a bit in, invisible. So there's this company called Hyperstealth that makes a material that looks a bit like um, a big plexiglass sheet. And when you put it in front of something, it sort of appears, it makes it look a little bit like it disappears, but in a very blurry way. So if you look at, there are lots of videos of this and people jumping behind like this big piece of plexiglass. And basically what it does is it creates a blind spot. So you see a blur of what's either side of the thing or the person that's hiding rather than the actual person themselves. Wow. So obviously, if you yeah, so if you were stood right next to this, you would not be fooled by it at all. You'd obviously be like, "There's this blurry thing here. <laughs> um, what's that?" And you'd go and investigate, and soon find out there's 
you know, someone hiding behind the plexiglass sheet. But if this was in the distance, you know, if this was hundreds of meters away and you saw, you know, imagine field, wall to wall fields, and then there's a slightly blurry bit. Well, in the distance, the field's blurry anyway. You're probably not even going to notice that maybe there's something hidden there. And the the application for this is often linked to the military. So you might imagine someone hiding a tank or a vehicle or something. (laughs) Yeah. And when you've got a name like Hyperstealth, I mean, you can really yeah. tell the audience. It is a cool for. name, though. Um, <laughs> so, how does it work? This plexiglass Hyperstealth shield. Yeah, so it's it's based on the same technology as a hologram. You know, like the sort of thing you might get on a sticker or a card that um, sort of shows different views depending on which angle you look at it. Well, the way that happens is that it's bending light. So this sheet of plastic, this sort of plexiglass type material, is composed of lots of cylindrical lenses. um, And these are called lenticular lenses. But basically, they just bend the light in a way that creates this sort of invisible zone. And so it can't bend something around something in a complete 100% way, um, like an invisibility cloak might. But it does create this sort of uh, invisible zone where you can't see something and it just becomes blurry. Um, so what Hyperself have done is they've improved on the technology that you get in a hologram by adding extra layers. There's some uh, sort of fluid that they put in between the layers to improve it even further. Obviously, it's not an invisibility cloak because it's just too stiff. But I think the idea of an invisibility shield is still pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks, Tim and Anna. And that's all for this week. And and actually, um, I'm going to use your hyperstealth shield and make us partially invisible now uh, for <laughs> the time being, because that's the end of season one of Escape Pod. Oh. Yes, um, but we will come back. We hope that it's helped uh, drag you away from the doom of, lo- of lockdown and COVID. Uh, but we'll be back. Yeah, hopefully not through lockdown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're back, we're back on our own terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You choose what to escape from next time. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for listening. And in the meantime, you'll find New Scientist podcasts continuing on our weekly show, New Scientist Weekly. So do check it out. Bye for now. Bye. 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 This podcast is produced by Ollie Guillou Podcast Production. Find out more at ogpodcasts.co.uk. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.